What is up, everybody? Back with Inkscape Sports and Entertainment. Did one episode last week. So far, one this week. It's Tuesday evening. Got a lot for you. Starting off with Inkscape's turnovers. Before that, um, I was speaking last week about how I'm trying not to set unnecessary expectations on myself. Then I fell myself and you guys and everything everything around surrounding me. So I was kind of lowering down the episode count, but I wasn't kind of focusing on what was important. It's something that we've probably been told before, quality over quantity. Am I right? It's kind of like when NFL free agency. Um, are you going to go out and sign a bunch of cheap guys, or are you going to go sign out a couple big names and then fill out the rest of your roster through the rest of free agency and the draft and what you've got? That would be quality over quantity than signing 30 random dudes like the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I'm sure with what they've signed, can they'll be better this year for sure. And that kind of leads me into my next point. The ins keeps turnovers. And back to the show real quick, the quality of a quantity. Um, one or two episodes a week. I can focus on bigger stuff, especially right now when there's not a lot going on. But at the same time, there is. Okay. Um, kind of a big segment starting off. Um, going to bring up an article from The Athletic I want to read to you guys. Urban Myers in the news again. And if you go back to one of my earlier episodes back in, I think, late July, early August... I didn't look and see what episode it was, but I was saying, I can't remember what I said. I know I did three words to describe each NFL team and their season outlook. It was kind of a season prediction, but I mean, it wasn't at the same time. It was something I see Colin Cowherd do a lot. He would do have three adjectives. I just did three words. Like for the Cowboys, I said defense, Dak defense, focus on the defense. Like Dak Prescott do his thing. They did fine for the most part. Um, Broncos, I said, where's Peyton Manning? Um, they haven't had a quarterback since him. Now they do with Russell Wilson, but that was prior to last season. So I was kind of looking at all of these things in Jacksonville. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I figured they all be all right. I think I said Trevor and Urban or something like that, or Lawrence and Meyer. I, I can't remember. And I figured Urban Meyer, if he could kind of get it going, I knew he didn't really know exactly what he was doing, but I'm kind of, kind of steal some stuff from here. Um, I'm reading something from The Athletic, and this is an Inkscape's turnover segment for two reasons. One, because I definitely overlooked Urban Meyer's inexperience in the NFL and how he ha- and how he's, putting it lightly, a head case. Um, yeah, he was a great head coach in college, but outside of that, I wouldn't say he's a good person. And I guess you wouldn't say he's a bad person. He's not trustworthy outside of coaching college football. And even then, it's a stretch maybe. I, I, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. So, anyways, um, I'm looking at this article from The Athletic, and the title is The Most Toxic Environment I've Ever Been a Part of Inside Urban Meyer's Disastrous disastrous Year with the Jaguars. Um, kind of going over some points here. This is so interesting, so funny. Um, he kind of there was a point where he burst into a room full of players at the Jacks facility. One of his players missed an assignment during a preseason game, leading to a busted play. Meyer was enraged when it happened. A day later, he was still fuming. 
If this mistake ever happened again, Meyer warned he would cut every single one of them. And then here's what Meyer goes on to say. And do you know what would happen if I cut you guys, Meyer said, according to four people in the room. You couldn't get a job paying more than 15 an hour. Okay. Um, I guess you could say Urban Meyer couldn't get a job paying 15 an hour right now. Um, the implication that his players were capable of little more than playing football left some angry, others offended. Um, there was one saying I lost all respect for him after that. That was a veteran player in the room. He had a bit of a mixed resume. Obviously, he won he won national championships at Florida and Ohio State. But he didn't come out without, come without his faults. Um, he brought plenty of baggage, ranging from harsh treatment of players and staff to mishandling domestic abuse allegations leveled against one of his uh, long-tenured assistants, Zach Smith. Um, friends and family over the years have labeled Meyer a control freak and perfectionist, and as he climbed the ranks, he developed a reputation as a tough, obsessive, win-at-all-cost coach who, by his own admission, was addicted to victory. But according to coaches, players, and staff in Jacksonville, Meyer crossed the line from tough and demanding to belittling, demeaning, and leading by fear. Um, the most toxic environment I've ever been a part of, a veteran member of the football operations staff said, by far not even close. Even former receiver DJ Chark, who signed with the Lions last week, after spending the first four years of his career with the Jags, said Meyer routinely threatened to fire coaches and cut players. He feels like threats are what motivates, Chark said. I knew he would come up to us and tell us if the receivers weren't doing good. He wasn't going to fire us. He was going to fire our coach. He would usually say that when the coach was around. And he would do all that, and then he would go up to the kid and be like, yeah, you guys are fired. You guys are cut. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fire your coach. I'm going to cut you. Yeah, you're not going to get a job at McDonald's. You're not going to be able to go flip burgers. You can't do anything. I'll be right back. I'm going to go kick the kicker for missing kicks. Kicker Josh Lambeau said last year Meyer kicked him during warm-ups. A fact Meyer's lawyers reportedly conceded to Rick Stroud, the reporter who broke the story for the Tampa Bay Times. Lambeau believed Meyer's kick was an act of intimidation, a theme echoed by several people in the organization. One player described the year with Meyer as mentally exhausting. The Jaguars replaced Meyer with former Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson in early February, but some who experienced Meyer's brand of leadership won a fuller public accounting of his tenure. Meyer's attorney said his client would not comment for this story. Signs of dysfunction were apparently early on. Several sources said Meyer stepped into the job as if he had all the answers, even though he had never coached the NFL. Uh, Meyer said, <laughs> this is where it kills me. Sorry, I'm kind of speeding through this. Myers said he conducted a six-month deep dive on the NFL that included interviews with former Florida and Ohio State players, as well as a study of the salary cap. But multiple sources said Meyer was unfamiliar with star players around the league, including 49ers receiver Debo Samuel. I will level with Urban on that one. Um, yes, I knew who Debo Samuel was, but I didn't know how great he would be like you did this year, so I, I can give him that one. Seahawks safety Jamal Adams, I mean, come on, that's a blitz boy. And Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald, a three-time NFL defensive player of the year. And this is quoted, and this is according to whoever wrote this, the, whoever's on this. Who's this 99 guy on the Rams? Meyer asked one. Stafford during the season, according to his source, I'm hearing he might be a problem for us. Who's Tom Brady? Who's that? Who's Joe Montana? I don't know who that. Number 12 on the Bucks. Who's number 19 on the 49ers? Or, uh, sorry, 16 on the 49ers. I got confused with this Kansas City Chiefs number. 
Um, in his first staff meeting, Meyer criticized the way NFL teams operate, noting specifically that coaches fail to take proper care of players' health. And then, according to multiple sources in the meetings, Meyer said, I hate scouts. Scouts are lazy. It was an especially jarring comment, given that the scout, that scouts were also in the room. Again, another example of that. Um, there's a lot to go off on here. Again, it's the athletic. It's titled The Most Toxic Environment I've Been a Part of Inside Urban Meyer's Disastrous Year with Jaguars. This is not an ad. The Athletic, I did uh, create an account for this. I was kind of something with my show. The Athletic has a lot of good things. It's something for me personally to help grow in this industry. Yes, I'm very starting out very slow. I'm trying to build this up, but we're getting there. We're getting there, guys. Um, there's a lot to go over today. I want to go over some Deshaun Watson news. I want to go over my feelings on the Atlanta Falcons and where they're at right now, my little brother team. Kind of emotional there. Um Go over some NBA tiers. I want to talk about the Kansas City Royals. I'm liking what they've got going on with their infield and their pitching staff. Um, there's a lot I can talk about. And then to end off the NBA tiers, I think I already said that, but we're going to end, end off with that. So um, take a quick break and then get into Sean Watson, some wrestling news, Falcons, and then NBA tiers, and that'll be it for today. Try to get one more episode in this week, but remember, quality over quantity. I cannot stress that enough in life. Quality over quantity. I'd rather have great shows that I could send to networks or to radio show hosts or some something. And be like, hey, this is a great episode. This is a great episode. And just have a few to choose from, not 70 to choose from. Because, guys, I can go through my archives right now. Half of these I would delete and I wouldn't I, – it wouldn't matter. I wouldn't be at episode 74 – or 70, uh, no, episode 74. I'd be at episode 34 after starting in July. Now, the NFL season kind of trumps that, and you kind of have to put in two or three at a time to talk about the games itself. But I can do without talking about some things. So, again, I'm going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. Okay, let's start off with Deshaun Watson. Um, actually, I'm going to start off with professional wrestling, then go into Deshaun Watson, then go into my thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons right now. I'm actually kind of sad. If you don't know what I'm talking about, are you living under a rock? Are you living under a rock? I'm sorry. Sorry if you're living under a rock. That was offensive. I shouldn't have said that. Anyways. <sighs> Anyways. So, Monday Night Raw was in town last night. I almost went. I was this close to going. I was looking at tickets. Decided not to. I've only been living in the Chicago area, um, the county over, and was going to go. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to go to Allstate Arena, I want the first time I go there to a Bulls game. I'm not a fan of the Bulls. I actually like professional wrestling more than I like basketball, but it's the Chicago Bulls. It's the history I mean, you, could go, you couldn't go either way if you're a wrestling fan or an NBA fan. Um, going to a Monday Night Raw event during WrestleMania season, I shouldn't have passed it up. I regret that I did. But you live and you learn. Next time, go. So next time it's in town, I'm going. Unless it's crappy. And it's during the middle of November when they're building up a crappy Survivor Series run, whatever. Survivor, Survivor Series is not what it used to be. Anyways, Kevin Owens opens the show. And he comes out. 
similar to what the Miz did 11 years ago. And he comes out with a bald cap and a Stone Cold T-shirt on, and comes out. Can't remember if he came out to Stone Cold's music or Kevin Owens. But I haven't watched it just yet. I've seen the clips I needed to see and see the news I need to see. I'll watch it after I'm done with this. Kind of go through it or in the morning. Um, sorry, but I have a hiccup there. Um, anyways, comes out and does that at the end of his promo. Stone Cold's music breaks. Everyone's losing their mind, and Stone Cold doesn't show up. And I've just got to say that's uh, some pretty great storytelling there. Kevin Owens, as a character, when it comes to a professional wrestling standpoint, he's great in the ring. Um, I wouldn't call him really an athlete, but he is he's good at selling. He's good at putting together a great match. Um, to the storytelling, you guys know I don't really, I'm kind of iffy on that. Great storyteller, I guess, but that's not what I look for. Um, but he he's he's great. And this little thing he's got going with Stone Cold is great. Um, everything's great. Everything's just great in WWE. I don't know why. Is it? It's maybe it's because it's WrestleMania season. This usually is not the case. This has not been the case in eight years. The pandemic era, I did not mind with Drew McIntyre and Braun Strowman, and then uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey, and um, even Oscar. Then the Mysterios and Seth Rollins. That was great. But okay, and yeah, everything's just great. I need to use a different word. It was amazing. It was awesome. It was stupendous. You WWE fans know what I'm referencing um, on the stupendous part. WrestleMania 38 is going to be stupendous, apparently. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, it's better than the last. You stop lying to yourself. It's never going to be better than the last. Everyone says that. Everyone says that about every championship. It's going to be better than last year's Super Bowl. This year's Super Bowl is better than last year's Super Bowl. But anyways, I'm going off track here. Um, it kind of reminded me of when we saw The Miz imitate The Rock. Did the exact same thing. Same music. Bald cap. All that. Rock t-shirt. Um, I'm going to tell my kids um, The Miz is dressed as The Rock and Kevin Owens dressed as Stone Cold. I'm going to tell my kids that was The Rock versus Stone Cold. So they'll be thinking, oh, that's The Rock. That's Stone Cold. And then they might get bullied at school and I might have to say, hey, buddy, I was joking. I told your friends I said that. It was a joke. I promise. <laughs> um, you guys know what I'm talking about. You've seen those jokes. Um, Another thing in wrestling, Seth Rollins, one of my favorite wrestlers right now, um, does not have a match at WrestleMania. There is a build going to it, and there's a lot of references and a lot of hints to Cody Rhodes. According to Fightful, that's a Fightful.com, Cody Rhodes has signed a contract with WWE, and he will either sh- he's either showing up next Monday at WrestleMania or the Raw after Mania. I don't think Seth Rollins gets a match. I think he shows up at WrestleMania, throwing a fit about something, shows up after a match, interferes in a match. I'm not exactly sure. Interferes during the KO show with Stone Cold. I, I, I don't know. And Cody Rose is teased to come out, and he doesn't. And then the Raw after Mania, the very end of the show, Cody Rose comes out. I think that's what happens. That's my prediction. That's what I think is going to happen. Cody Rose going to WWE is going to be huge. You guys know Dusty Rhodes, um, God rest his soul. One of the greatest performers of all time. Cody Rose is one of the greatest wrestlers right now. Um, at least one of the most popular. In-ring work, kind of iffy storytelling. He's good, but he's very popular, mainly because of his name. But he deserves it. He's worked his butt off. Um, people want to say he's a hypocrite from leaving AEW to go to WWE. At the end of the day, he's a guy trying to work. He's doing what he loves. He's making money. Yes, he's making more money than the average person. And he's doing something that's fake, I guess, if you want to um, bag on him there. But... I don't know what to tell you. I, I like what he's doing. I like what they've got going on. So, anyways, 
Um, I'm going to go on to Deshaun Watson. Actually, before going on to Deshaun Watson, go back and watch Friday Night SmackDown and go watch Pat McAfee work, and you'll see why I love what Pat McAfee's doing. Him and Austin Theory and Vince McMahon, this whole story, again, I sound like a hypocrite. It's perfect. Pat McAfee, he can't get any better. Um, I'm a big fan of that guy. I listen to him and Jim Rome daily, Monday through Friday. Um, I go I go through sportages. I mean, I listen to other podcasts. I listen to political ones. I listen to um, non-sports ones. I listen to dramas. Um, I won't say which ones I listen to, but those are some of my favorite podcasts, mainly because I can't think of the names. But um, Jim Rome and Pat McAfee, I listen to Monday through Friday. Every day. When they're on a break, I'm actually kind of sad because I want them back. I want Jim Rome and Pat McAfee back. Um, Jim Rome, I don't see how much longer he's going to go. He's He's mid-50s, maybe another 10 years, unless he goes the, I think it's Britt Musburger, unless he goes his route and works till he's 85. I don't know, Britt Musburger's 82. He's still announcing Raiders games, working with the Raiders. I, I, you do, you man. I mean, you should come work for the Chiefs, but, hey, what do I know? <laughs> um, I'm going to get into Deshaun Watson. So, Deshaun Watson, um, there are no uh, – will not be charged with all his – Allegated. I'm not getting into that right now. I don't even want to try and talk about that. He won't. He's not going to be charged criminally, at least. Um, so there was a battle for him between the Browns, the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers. All of a sudden, the Browns, the Saints, and the Panthers were out of it, and the Browns were the first ones out. And I'm going to talk about Baker Mayfield as well. And Deshaun Watson going through all this. He's from Atlanta. Probably wants to go back home. After going through all this, he wants to be back home. He wants to be near his family. He's like, you know what? I'm done. I need to be back home. I'm going to go play for a team that wants me, a team that won't do me wrong, a team that will build around me, and I'm home after what happened. I've, I've been through something that's life-changing, something that's, I wouldn't say traumatic, but it is definitely something that's eye-opening, life-changing, eye-opening, whatever you want to say. And he said, and... He was looking like he was headed to Atlanta. And that way with Baker Mayfield, and I'm going to read this to you guys. Baker Mayfield came out, and I have my opinions on Baker Mayfield. I like the guy. I don't like Kevin Stefanski. So give me a minute. He says in a caption, with many uncertainties, and this is on Twitter, here is where my head and heart is. Cleveland. The past few years, four years have been nothing short of truly life-changing since I heard my name called in the draft to go to Cleveland. This is, not, this is not a message with a hidden meaning. This is strictly to thank the city of Cleveland for embarrassing my family and me. Basically saying he's gone. I'm not reading this whole thing. I've given this franchise everything I have, which he has. Um, that is something I've always done at every stage and at every level. And that will not change wherever I take my next step. Whatever happens, I just want to say thank you to the fans who truly embraced who I am and the mentality that aligns so well with this city's hardworking people. Cleveland will always be a part of Emily and my and my story. And we will always be thankful for the impact it has had and will have in our lives. Sincerely, Baker Reagan Mayfield. Okay. So essentially he means the Browns are done with him. He's done with the Browns. I don't know. Deshaun Watson, he's going to Atlanta. Oh, no. He's going to Cleveland. Cleveland was back in it. $230 million. First year, $100 million. Almost all that money is guaranteed. I, I think 90% of it. Um, and Baker requested a trade in the midst of all this, in the midst of Deshaun going to Atlanta. Barron's on one Baker. It's a whole mess. I can't even try and divide it up. 
I mean, I can, but I'm trying to make it sound how my how madness this offseason has been. I don't even know what's going on. Um, where's everybody at? I'm alone in a dark room. I don't know what's going on. Sean Watson, Baker Mayfield. Oh, my God. <laughs> Baseball back at least. WrestleMania is coming. March Madness. I will talk about that, too. Don't get me wrong. That's obvious. Um, my bracket is not totally busted, actually. Believe it or not. Penn State Peters to go all the way. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyways, back to uh, back to Deshaun Watson and Baker. Um, Baker requested a trade. Brown said, <laughs> get over it. We're not trading you. Um, told Adam Schefter that. Deshaun Watson goes with the Browns. Baker's like, hey, can I get a trade now? No, we're not trading you. Now, I don't know if it's because if he's going to be suspended or if Deshaun gets in trouble and they have Baker as a backup, but I don't really care. I'm going to give my opinions on this. Baker Mayfield had a torn labor. Not on his throwing shoulder, but his the whole left side of his body was busted up. The ribs, his leg, his shoulder, all busted up. What does Kevin Stefanski proceed to do each and every week? Have him throw 30 to 40 times a game? I know he's got an arm. I know he's got some speed. I know he can be kind of different. He's not incredibly accurate, but he even in 2020 he was. But he's not incredibly accurate. He has some very good receivers, him and Odell. Go watch a video. Um, go look up. I can't find the video. Sorry. If I had the video and I knew where to find it, it's on TikTok. I can't find it. I'll look it up later. I'll try and find some. Yeah. Try and find some clips. It wasn't all Odell. It wasn't all Baker. But this is on Kevin Stefanski. Why is he throwing 35 times a game? Why is he playing? You have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, a great offensive line. A great defense. And you're having your quarterback throw 30, 40, 30 to 40 times a game. Do you hate the guy? Just come out and say it. Do you hate him? I've said this maybe three times on the show. Does Kevin Stefanski have it out for Baker Mayfield? And I know, Baker can be a head case. Yes, Baker is not the best quarterback. He did struggle a lot last year. But how much of that was injuries, him just straight up struggling, and Kevin Stefanski's play calling? What, what, what was it? I think it was all three. Them not trading Baker is a crime. He could go to Indianapolis. Nope, the Atlanta Falcons sent Matt Ryan to Indianapolis. Yes, I'm actually sad about that. <sighs> Baker deserves to go to a contender. Cleveland deserves a Sean Watson. Um, I'm not giving my opinion on the, on these cases. I'm just looking at it from a football standpoint. I think Deshaun Watson, and I truly believe this, is the best quarterback in that division now. I know he was out in 20, or 2021 because of allegations, and Houston just hates him. He could have played. Or maybe the NFL wanted to suspend him all year, and Houston didn't want to come out and say that, or the NFL didn't want to come out and say that. I, I, don't, I don't know anymore. I really don't. But... The NFL, oh God, the Cleveland Browns, this is kind of like their middle finger to the NFL. We don't care. We want our quarterback. We got him. We got the best one in the division, hands down, no debate, no argument. Yeah, there's Lamar. Yeah, there's Joe Burrow. Sure, Mitch Trubisky, he's not tor- He's not horrible. I think he can work really well. He's shown a lot of flashes. He's got some speed. He doesn't have that great of an arm, but he's all right. He'll work well with Mike Tomlin. He'll work well with the Steelers. I think Trubisky will work really well. With the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He'll be a good one for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, you got a good one. Not a great one. Not a bad one. You got a good one. Maybe slightly below good. Slightly below average. But he'll he'll be effective. 
Um, Joe Burrow, he's great. Deshaun Watson, he's great. I think Watson, in terms of and from an athletic standpoint, is slightly better than Joe Burrow, like all around. Um, I'd say Burrow has better accuracy downfield. Deshaun Watson has a better arm. Um, I think Joe Burrow is more careless because he knows how his op- now knows how bad his offensive line is, so he takes some unnecessary hits and stays in the pocket too long and tries to run around too much. He can't do that. Deshaun Watson can, and he's a lot better with it at times for the most part. Um, they're, they're Honestly, they're kind of dead even in my opinion. So I know I said Burrow is far and away better, but I'm kind of talking about it, and I was like, mm, I'd say they're far and away better. Burrow has a better system around him, except for now I think Deshaun does, unless Kevin Stefanski is that much of an idiot. And if he is, then Deshaun, well, sorry, I just throw this whole thing off the table. Before I get into Matt Ryan and the Falcons, the AFC West has loaded the f- up. Devontae Adams is a Las Vegas Raider. So again, if you're living under a rock and you just listen to my show, one, I'm sorry. There's other shows out there. Don't worry. I'll be there one day, but I'm not the show. But thank you if I am the show that you listen to. 40 to 40 news. So, have at it. And if you're not a Chiefs fan or a Royals fan or a Kansas State fan, I'm sorry I talk about them a lot on here. Devontae Adams is a Raider. Turned down. I'm not even looking at contract numbers right now. But he's a Raider. Um, he might be Antonio Brown towards the end of the season after having Derek Carr as his quarterback. <laughs> I'm a funny one. Um, I'm kidding. Derek Carr is a solid starter. Um, that's a good fit. They both played at Fresno State. Um, Devontae Adams, he's always wanted to play for the Raiders. I respect it. I, this division is going to be insane. The Chiefs have signed Justin Reed. We already talked about that. The Chiefs did get Juju Smith-Schuster, though, on a one-year, $10 million deal. Um, that's easier to remember than Devontae Adams. I can't remember how long. I think it was five years. Somewhere in the triple digits. Don't remember how much is guaranteed. I think it was five years. Four or five years. Um, Juju's was a do remember mainly because I just looked at it or just remembered it at the top of my head. Juju, he's a great slot, he's a great slot receiver. Yes, his past couple years were not great, but he had Big Ben. Nothing against Big Ben, but we, we can say he was not the quarterback that he once was, um, even when Juju first got into the league. But Juju put up great numbers. I think it'll be great for the community from what I hear from Steelers fans. I think he will he will mesh well with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Um, I think he's going to make great videos with Jackson Mahomes on TikTok. Um, so this is exciting. I'm obviously kidding about that last part. Dear God, do not show that show me that stuff. Not that I have an issue with Jackson Mahomes or Juju making TikToks, but good God, I just want to watch football. I don't want to hear about oh man, I like the Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but Brittany and Jackson hurt my feelings, so I can't root for the Chiefs. Shut up, no one cares. Yes, they're annoying. They're not bad people. Stop acting like it. If they're bad people, I don't know what you want to think of people who actually are bad people. Anyways. Let's get into some March Madness talk. Okay, Sweet 16 is here. Thursday, you've got Arkansas at Gonzaga. Good God. I'm used to the regular season. 
Arkansas versus Gonzaga. Um, tipping off at 6.09, CBS, 6.09 Central Time. Uh, CBS on Thursday, March 24th. So, hey, get out of work. I, I would no blame me if you do. Um, um, Gonzaga, not liking where they're at. I'm going to say Arkansas wins. Yes, this is a prediction. I'm not liking where they're at. I think Arkansas can win this, but it could go either way. Um, Michigan at Villanova. So I want to talk about Jerron Howard for real quick. I think Villanova wins this, but it could be very close. I like how uh, Jawan Howard has conducted himself since getting back from his five-game suspension. Um, and when you saw him console the Tennessee freshman, I'm not remembering his name right now, but he was a freshman. He was very emotional. Kind of went, went up to the guy after the game, had a post-game kind of hug, like, hey, kid, it's okay. But Michigan defeated Tennessee in the round of 32. Um That was very cool to see from Jawan Howard. I don't think they win in the Sweet 16. Villanova does win. I think they win easily. Um, it's Villanova at minus five. I think it's. I think that I'll take the over on that one. I think they win by ten or more points. Um, it is March Madness, though. I, you, you don't know. One, not because of madness and then there's upsets and stuff like that. It's because of how hard these games these games can be. It's like the NFL playoffs: a one seed versus a seven seed. You never know. It's the NFL playoffs and March Madness are the hardest to win in in terms of postseason play. Um, MLB, not really. You could go with the World Cup that's happening this year, but it's World Cup's not really a seeding, but you get my point. And again, Thursday's matchups Texas Tech at Duke. Again, that's on CBS at 8.39 on tip off the Michigan Villanova. I think Duke wins this, and I think they win it almost easily. Yes, Texas Tech is favored. But if you look at Duke, they're eighth in the country in uh, points uh, per game. And Texas Tech is 147th. Um, Texas Tech was a great ride for you. Thank you for showing the Big 12 some love, playing great in this tournament. But Duke's got this. I don't see Coach K stopping. I don't see Coach K finishing any later than the final – or finishing any earlier than the final four. Hopefully it's a championship, and hopefully they win it all because that's who I picked. Last year my bracket was awful, but I was right about Baylor beating Gonzaga in the championship. Houston versus Arizona. Um, TBS tipping off at 859. This one can go either way. I'm going to say Arizona. They're definitely battle-tested for sure. After going into overtime with TCU, I think Arizona wins this one in a very close one, but a very clean game to say the least. Look at Friday's matchups. And the lead eight is Saturday and Sunday, by the way. Um, Friday, KU versus Providence. KU wins this one. Um, they got to stop taking unnecessary three of those. Unnecessary threes. And Bill Self, for the love of God, Remy Martin is your best player. Stop taking him out of the game when you need him most. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury or what. Stop taking him out of the game when you need him the most. St. Peter's. I'm going to play a clip for you guys. Hey, Josh. Not that one. Has anybody seen the other guys? Anyways, 
Has anybody seen the other guys? My favorite movie ever. And St. Peter's are the Peacocks. And they dubbed this with the Peacock logo, with Kentucky being the printer, and Marquette, Marquette, or sorry, Marquette, oh my God. Marquette being the, sorry. Murray State. I can't want to say Marquette, but it's Murray State being the uh, water the water station or whatever. And the door when Terry leaves, Sweet 16. Just listen to this real quick. I am a peacock! You gotta let me fly! I am a peacock! And the peacocks are headed to Sweet 16. That's hilarious. Um, credit to March Madness, men's basketball TikTok account. Um, <laughs> they're flying all right. Um, I think that peacock gets grounded, and also peacocks don't fly. They get a little running head start, but they're getting a little running head start in the Sweet 16, but they're losing. Um, yeah, I don't think they beat. Sorry, I can't talk. No, they're not beating Purdue. Um, Purdue favored at minus 12 and a half. Now, who knows where Kentucky was favored at? St. Peter's gives them a hell of a game. And if they get in the lead, in, I won't be surprised with the way they played. Um, they're playing as a true team, total team effort. I, I like what they got going on. North Carolina and uh, UCLA. North Carolina's got that. I like their experience. I like the new head coach. I like everything about this team. Iowa State and Miami. I'm actually going to give that to Iowa State. How do you go from two wins last year to two wins already in the March Madness tournament? 64, 32. Now they're headed to Sweet 16. Make it three, baby. All right, a lot of, not a lot of analysis on that, but you hear about that all the time. I just want to give you my straight-up picks. Um, and, again, I'm going to take another quick break, go over some NBA tiers. Remember, top three in the West, top three in the East. Then a little quick update on the Kansas City Royals and my opinion on them. And then that'll be all for today, and we'll see how the rest of this week goes. Stay tuned. Two things. One, I did not forget about the Falcons. I'll give my opinion on them after I talk about the Royals. Kind of want to end off on a somber note. Now it's kind of a tribute, so to speak. Starting off here. Top three in the West. Obviously, number one. Phoenix Suns. Um now I should say. Teams coach great. Defensively, they're unstoppable. I would be surprised. How many games are left? I haven't looked at how many games games are exactly left, but they're 58 and 14. Would not be surprised if they don't even get close to 20 losses. I think there's about two weeks left in the season, so that's maybe seven or eight games. Gosh, I can't remember. Now, we got longer than that. But still, they're not going to 20 losses. I doubt it. Um, 62 and 20, or 63 and 19, let's say that. Yeah, one less than 20. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I just like what they got going on. Who doesn't like what they've got going on? Um, some people think the Suns won't even get to the conference championship. 
Um, I highly disagree with them. Now, if they don't even now, if they miss the NBA Finals, I would be very surprised. But at the same time, I wouldn't just because the West is loaded with the second in the West. I think the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I like how Desmond Bain has bounced back. Um, for them, obviously John Morant got a lot going on right now. I want to say the Warriors, but Curry's out for two weeks with a foot injury. Draymond Green's just now coming back. Clay Thompson is still trying to find his wisdom. Uh, wit- what? Rhythm. I can't talk. Um, they got Jordan Poole, who's in the midst of one of his best stretches of the season. Honestly, I could probably put in the Mavericks right in there. But I don't know if I really trust them. So right, I'm just going to keep rolling with the Suns, the uh, the Grizzlies, and the Warriors. All right. Top three in the East. Obviously, it's Miami Heat. They've won three of their past four. Um, they had a matchup with the Sixer, uh, Sixers last night. I think they lost that one. Um on Saturday, Tyler Harrow had 26 points in 28 minutes, almost one point a minute. Um, he's averaging 25.9 points a game, over nine contests in the month of March, shooting over 50%. Uh, kid's a stud. Um, number two in the East. I'm actually going to say the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he could win his third MVP uh, award. Um, he's tied for second in the conference. He's also a contender for Defensive Player of the Year. He's competing for a scoring title with Joel Embiid, and some can say the GOAT LeBron. I wouldn't say that, but he's top five for sure. And then number three, you could say the Celtics. It's either them or the 76ers. Like I said, it's kind of like hard like it's in the West and in the uh, with uh, the Warriors and the uh, Mavericks right now because this is a week-to-week thing, not a how they've done all year. Not, oh, they're on a five-game losing streak, but this team's on a five-game winning streak. It's a week-to-week basis. Um, I'm going to say Boston. They're kind of a juggernaut right now. They are 21-4 and four since January 23rd. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Celtics. Um, I'm going to move on to the Kansas City Royals. Um, and don't worry, I will go into much more detail on the NBA soon enough. Um, the playoffs are almost here. Just hang tight. The playing tournament's almost here. <laughs> Good God. Um, the Kansas City Royals don't really trade a lot. They don't really make a lot of major trades. And I know, I th- I believe I talked about this last week a little bit. No, I did not. Sorry, it happened after. I, I thought I did. So first off, they traded for Amir Garrett from Cincinnati. Not a great relief pitcher. Look at his numbers, but he's big. He keeps the ball in the park as much as he can. At least he goes for that. Um, he, he's not afraid. He's not afraid of hitters. That that's a good thing. The Royals with the infield they're building. It's looking like they're going to have at least with opening day, Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, third base, Montesi at shortstop, Nicky Lopez at second base. And Carlos Santana at first, Salvador Perez is catcher. And your ace, is it going to be Zach Greenkey? Is it going to be Brady Singer? Who knows? But I love what this pitching staff has going. 
Um, Scott Barlow at relief, Amir Garrett. This team is I not loaded by any means. Don't get me wrong. They got a lot of holes, but I like what they've got going on. Um, Edward Olivares, by the way, the guy who kept getting sent down. Um, don't forget about Chris Bubich. 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 I can't talk. Anyways. Um, don't forget about Carlos Hernandez, Brad Keller, Jackson Kawar, Daniel Lynch. Okay. They've got some really good arms. Uh, nothing great. And honestly, really good as a stretch, but they're good. They're effective. They're not giving up a lot of runs. They do have some walking issues. I'm at walking batters. I worded that uh, poorly. Um, but I like what they got going on. I think they could have possibly the best infield in the American League, though. This coming year, they could have possibly the most... E- okay, how about the most effective or the fastest infield in the league? The youngest? Put, put Whit Merrifield at right field. Then you got Michael Taylor at center. And then Benetton at left. That's a pretty good defense. A lot of speed and younger guys. This rebuild's looking pretty good. I don't know if we have to wait another... Well, okay, it has, it's been six. I don't know, or seven this year, maybe. Most likely. 99, 98% sure. Um, it's not looking like we're going to wait till 2045 to see the Royals win a World Series. Maybe 2025? 2030? Maybe. But I like what they got going on. It's a great American pastime. And the Royals, I love what they're building. And don't worry, I'll get into baseball soon enough. We got about two weeks for that. Um, I'm going to go on to the Atlanta Falcons, though. So, obviously, I'm a diehard Kansas City Chiefs fan. And Kansas City Royals, all that. Yes, I'll root for the Nationals. Um, it's kind of a joke about Baltimore Orioles. Um, I have a couple friends from there that are Orioles friends, Orioles friends. And I went to the, this, uh, the Y there a lot at the gym and I would get into jokes with the Nationals and the Orioles. And when I started going out to Maryland every summer, cause my mom was living up there. I'm married to my stepfather when he was in the Coast Guard and they, uh, obviously lived in, near Baltimore. So they played in the Orioles or the Nationals. And I couldn't watch the Royals when I was first getting into baseball because uh, they weren't on. And I didn't have the MLB network. I was in high school. I didn't have a job yet. So I couldn't pay 25 bucks a month for that um, during the season. So I kind of stopped. uh, Kind of didn't really follow the Royals during the summer. So I, I watched the Nationals games. And they got Bryce Harper. So I started watching the Nationals. And when it comes to football, I've also been a fan of football a lot longer. Um, I'm, I'm more of a Chiefs fan now. I've, the, the more mature I've gotten, the older I've gotten, I've realized, look, I don't need to like two teams in football and baseball, but I'll root for the Nationals and the Falcons. I'd like to see how they do. Just like there's other teams where I'm like, oh, I like that coach. I like what they got going on. It'd be cool to see them win something. I mean, sure, the most I'd wear a hat. Falcons and Nationals, I have a couple shirts, a couple hats. Not much else than that. Falcons, I think I have an old Matt Ryan jersey, an old Roddy White jersey. And does it count if I have a Tony Gonzalez Chiefs jersey? Anyways, when I was a kid, the Chiefs were on in Wichita a lot. And they had Tony Gonzalez. And that's why I was a big fan. Priest Holmes, Trenton Green, but mainly Tony Gonzalez. And the Falcons had Michael Vick, right? And before they got to, before Michael Vick got in trouble, 
Chiefs weren't doing great. Falcons weren't doing great. But the Falcons got Matt Ryan. And the Chiefs, well, they're the Chiefs. And they got Jamal Charles as well. So um, they, they were my home team. I stuck with the Chiefs. I'm always going to stick with the Chiefs. Where they, they, have, um, they only have two losses and they win the Super Bowl. Or they have two wins and they have the first round pick. Or first draft pick. Or first overall selection. Sorry. And it doesn't matter. I'm always going to root for the Chiefs. I'm always going to root for the Royals. And everybody has that. Um, while your team's down, I'm sure there's other players to root for. See how they do just because you kind of want something else to watch because your team's not giving you something else to root for. But I always ask give me something to root for. When the Chiefs were 2-14 in 2012, Jamal Charles was the best running backs in the game that year. He was the third in terms of rushing yardage. Um, about 40 behind second place Chris Johnson and 400 behind um, Adrian Peterson. So there's that. Um, um, but anyways, he, Jamal Charles was fun to watch that year. But anyways, back to Atlanta. They got Matt Ryan, and he he went off. His first ever pass for the Falcons was a touchdown pass. Last ever pass for the Falcons was a touchdown pass. And it's actually very sad. I haven't really gotten emotional about it because I'm not invested into Atlanta like I am with Kansas City. But the Falcons are like my little brother team. They're like little bro. Like I'm always going to check on little bro. I want little bro to do well. They did get Marcus Mariota. Um, what I'm getting at is Matt Ryan's headed to the Colts. Um, my buddy Caleb, who was on here, um, I was interviewing him about the Marines and his coaching gig at Friends University and talking about him and the Colts and OU and stuff like that. He's a big Colts fan, so I'm, I'm happy for his team. Um, I was listening to Jim Rome show and he's compl- uh, comparing Matt Ryan to Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers. I'm um, not directly. Um, this might be the same story with Phillip Rivers. Matt Ryan's younger than Phillip. He's more mobile. He's not as much of a, like a gunslinger, so to speak, like Rivers was. But I think he's safer with the football. I think he's smarter. I think he has a better team this year around him. They do need some um, receivers. They need to get him some weapons, but I like what they got building. The Colts are going to be good. They're going to be just fine. Matt Ryan, he's going to get in the playoffs. I think he wins them that division. How far do they get in the playoffs? I don't know. But if they can rely on Jonathan Taylor, get Matt Ryan some weapons, get him some help, they can make the AFC championship. I could see it. Maybe I'm kind of being biased. I'm over uh, over uh, estimating Matt Ryan, but I, I could see it. I could definitely see that as a major possibility. And I'm just kind of sad because I always rooted for the Falcons because of Matt Ryan, and now they don't. I, it's like I, I kind of just stuck with them because of Matt Ryan. And I don't really have a reason to root for him, but I'm always going to because it's, it's the Falcons. It's like it's like little bro- it's like the Lions. Like you can't hate on the Lions. You can't hate on the Falcons unless you're a Saints fan or a Panthers fan or a, a Bucks fan or a Vikings fan or a Packers or Bears. The list goes on and on. Um, I'm happy for Matt Ryan. And I am kind of – and like I said, I am kind of sad. I, I'm not choking up. My throat kind of hurts. But um, it's just kind of weird, kind of surreal. And it's just sports at the end of the day. There's a lot more going on in this world than just sports that are a lot more serious. But at least with sports, we know if they upset us, it's not life or death. It's just, well, sun comes up the next day. Sun comes up the next morning. Falcons, they'll do all right. I think they get I think they're headed towards something something decent. Kind of like the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions and the Jacksonville Jaguars even. Those four teams, they're they got a young team. They got a 
They've all they all got decent quarterbacks. Um, they all got. I feel like they have decent head coaches. Doug Peterson is definitely the worst of the four, but the Falcons are in a good shape. The Colts are in great shape. Um, I wanted to go into a lot of detail on this, but I feel like Matt Ryan would have a ring if it weren't for Kyle Shanahan's play calling or Devontae Freeman missing a block on a bad Kyle Shanahan play call. Um, or if they just didn't, or if they just faced anybody else other than the Patriots in that Super Bowl. I, um, seeing them win the NFC Championship in the last game at the Georgia Dome against the Packers, I think it was 44 to 21, the final score. Matt Ryan was just playing his ass off. And I think they can do that this year with the Colts. The AFC is very top heavy, but the Colts will sneak into the playoffs. Um, without the draft not even here yet and OTAs haven't even happened yet. If I had to give you predictions for at least the one and the seven seed, I'd say the Colts are the sixth or seventh seed and the Bills are the first. Now, if the Colts win the AFC AFC South, they'll be the third seed. That's what I think. I think whoever wins the AFC, um, or not AFC East, um, whoever wins the AFC North will be the fourth seed just because of that division. Um, I know the AFC North and AFC West are very tough, but the AFC West has more firepower than the AFC North does, if that makes sense. So I think they'll win more games than the AFC North does. The AFC North is always like, it's so weird. Like five wins is for the last place, six wins, seven wins, and then 10 wins and 11 wins. I think that's a third or fourth seed. Um, who knows? Maybe Colts are the second seed. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I definitely can pick the Colts to win the AFC South. I know I put the Colts at sixth or seventh. I'm just kind of thinking of their receivers, but as the season progresses and the offseason progresses, it, it's, it's way too soon. But uh, that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you for uh, listening with me. It's a pretty long episode. I think 45 minutes I'm at right now. So thank you for that one. But see, quality over quantity. Um, I, I wanted to go into more detail on March Madness, but I also just kind of wanted to give my picks. I love this time of year. It's kind of, it's getting nice for out. I do love the winter. I love the cold. When it starts to get warm, that's just something that feels kind of different. Um, like I, I love the cold and I hate the heat, but I appreciate both. Because without the cold, I wouldn't enjoy being out in the like warmer weather as much. But if I hated the heat, or if I loved the heat and hated the cold, I wouldn't want to get outside at all in the winter. I would just stay inside and be like, "Oh, I'm so depressed. I can't get. I'm not going to get depressed over weather. I can't do anything about it. I'm not God. I'm not Mother Nature." <laughs> um, anyways, that's all I have for you guys today. Inkscape Sports Entertainment, Episode 74. I'm out of here. Thank you. Mm-hmm.